0: Live in Summerlin, from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, it's Cofield and Company. Now Wallach gets knocked down, loses the
1: ball, it goes to Sandu. Jackie Johnson steals the pass. He shoots a three and he hits it. Jackie shoots a long three of his own and he hits it. So Jackie Johnson answers Woods. 56-53 on a couple of long threes by Johnson.
0: Woods had it knocked away by Parquette. It goes to Rodriguez. Rodriguez down the right side for the slam dunk. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Cofield and Company. heard it live. Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Summerlin. We're not over in Summerlin, so if you're Living out this way. I'm acting like I live really far away. I live right down the road. Uh, East Summerlin as I like to call it. Justin Watkins is here with us. He's joining us for the first forty minutes. Adam Hill is here as well. If you're in Summerlin, if you're not in Summerlin, come over. We got some t shirts. Meet, greet. Adam likes to kiss the babies. Let's do it. Right? Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios and Danny's helping out. Danny's helping out here uh, in the sports book. Let's get
0: to it. It's The Three on Cofield and Company. All right, first of all, how you guys doing?
2: <laughs> was, it was a very intense, like look away, no look. Well, I'm
1: very distracted because I told myself that I was going to bet the Marlins under every day. Okay. And I started a couple days ago, I already missed a game, and then I looked up now, and I'm like, oh, they're playing. So, Baseball betting is hard if you're not ready to go. Like I'm, I'm up early in the morning, but I just I start doing other stuff. So but I'll also tell you this: not, I look like not, I'm in good shape on this because it's six.
2: Not so. that it's the best way to gamble, but I know Justin started getting into sports betting a little bit too. There are so many voices out there and content people in this space. Uh, it's funny somebody that actually has n- no idea about sports or betting was, was asked me about that uh, yesterday. Like, where are all these people coming from that are experts in this field? I said they're really not. They nah, but two days ago. Everyone started talking about how the Marlins have gone under a team total 15 straight games. And so I started bidding it over. Push, win,
1: and then today. Why'd you go over?
2: Because everyone, every moron in the world that, I know, has, but that the number, knows nothing.
1: Have you seen the numbers adjust where they're going are they're going? Yeah, it was three
2: the other day. Wait, what? It's been four, four and a half. It was three.
1: For first five. No. Team total game was three. Oh, okay, team total. Well, I mean, you have to explain yeah. team total. I'm playing said, total Marlon, on the game.
2: No, Marlon, but it was Marlon's team total that had gone under 15 oh, Okay. That's a good bet, too. And so they started adjusting it, and now since then it went push, win. Today they've got, what, two in the sixth? Fifth? It was three and a half today again? All
1: right. Like, when everybody starts talking about something, you have to go the other way. No, you don't. Um, you don't. You don't. The, the, only, the, the reason that I got on it is because. Of stupid fantasy baseball, I had so many Marlins on my team. I'm like, God, they suck. That's because Birdie was out. Yeah, you're you're uh, Ricky Henry, John Birdie. <laughs> All right. Let's get the stuff that people actually uh, care about. You know okay. Justin say how he was doing. Well, I know.
3: He knows I'm good.
1: No, he's watching you and I beef over you know random Marlins total betting. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good.
3: I just wish the Padres would beat
1: the Marlins. That's my only take they on are. these. I've, I know they are today. But. I did
2: bet the Padres today to avoid the sweep.
3: Yes.
1: I, uh, Fred, you are you are sort of a San Diego fan.
3: I am a San Diego fan. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well so you're teetering on now that the Chargers are in San Diego. You're kind of well, you're okay. rethinking that whole Charger loyalty.
3: And and, and now that they've named a, a friend of mine the president of the Raiders, you know, I told Sandra Douglas Morgan, um, you know, I might be inclined to become a Raiders fan now that she's in charge of the show I mean you know having local ties like that to to the team means a lot to a local like me
2: then when she's senator in five years are you off the Raiders well I I can't
3: can't predict the future Adam I don't know what's going to happen Senator
2: Sandra is not going to be with the Raiders that
3: long I don't know man uh I don't know it's I think senators dream of having jobs like what Sandra has now so you know being a U.S. senator might be a step down for well, so her now. I
2: think she's going to be a senator before she's president. I don't think she's going to go straight from Raiders president to the White House.
3: <laughs> well, she could do whatever she wants, I, man. That, That's what the, I'm saying. Her, the, there is no ceiling on, on what she can accomplish. I'm a big believer of hers. And, and uh, you know, like I said, just being a local, um, having a team that's already had a brand come here was not that meaningful to me to get my fandom. But when they start doing stuff like that, uh, you know, when Mark Davis, you know, buys the Aces um, and he's there, and uh, you know they're trying to to really integrate to the community, and then hiring somebody like Sandra, who's a local, um, has ties, went to UNR, went to UNLV, um, it matters to people like me.
2: Good. It's exciting. I mean, it's an exciting time for sure uh, for the integration of the community. I think took a little bit of time with COVID and everything else sure. that was going on when they moved here. That, those are the steps up there, to, which I think are appropriate.
3: Yeah, but I am a Padres fan. That's not changing.
2: <laughs> what about when the A's come here? No.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. No, but but if we got an expansion team, then it would change. Okay. But, but not not the A's, at least not with their own ownership.
1: So tradition on this show on Wednesdays, Hard Knock Wednesdays. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Hard Knocks Wednesdays. We watch on Tuesday night. Adam sent over a whole set of notes. I didn't get your notes, Justin. But Justin – has actually carved out some time. I'm not ripping you because you're very busy, but we're like we're TV lunatics, and we're asking you all the time, you've like, you got to watch this, legal, got to watch this. And you're like, I don't have time. And you don't like certain stuff. This is the first time you've ever watched Hard Knocks. So you were in on episode one. Yeah. So give me some of your impressions, Lions, Dan Campbell, episode two.
3: I liked episode two better than I liked episode one. Um, I think that the storyline that they started to build off to the side, which I like, is – the different socioeconomic backgrounds of the family ties between yeah. a couple of different players, right? So you've you've got Hutchinson, they've got the whole family. They're all you know blonde, blue eyed, beautiful, <laughs> and they're in the suite. And then I, I've, I've even forgot the receiver's name. Amon
2: Ross St. Brown.
3: Brown, yeah, and he got his family. But hey, they're not from nothing, Mister Universe, right? Strong family ties. The family's all in there. And then you have got a uh, backup quarterback with pluff, right? David Blau. Blau is how it said, yeah. okay. Blau, and all he's got is his wife, right? And they're both, you know, <laughs> the track star. Track star. Well, you know, Olympian yep. for for Columbia, and they are making it themselves, right? Yeah. There's there's no huge family support across the board there, and so I like that storyline that's starting to develop there. I'm interested in it, and I and I think steve may be right they may be making the hutchinsons a little bit of uh they the might villains? be make, they might be making a little a heel out of them you know they they were sort of portraying the sisters as not that knowledgeable about what's going on and i don't know the one sister dropped the tfl she did yeah she, yep. she got it the mom i don't think knew what was going on i think that the, yeah <laughs> yeah so i think they're starting that storyline early and, and they did mention uh, St. Brown's, you know, dad's like, oh, yeah, the Hutchinsons, they got a suite up there. You know, we're not doing that down here. So, it's good. Little culture wars, right? And, and uh,
2: I think one of the things you asked about last week is kind of those storylines of, do you get the storylines of, like, certain players? Like, their, their their arc, which you're starting to see with Rodrigo, which I feel I love-
3: is the worst nickname
2: you if your name's rodriguez rodrigo is not a real nickname
3: that's why it's so great (laughs) that's why it's so so great it's because it just shows how how dismissive they were of him as a sixth rounder yeah yeah Rodrigo, (laughs) let's go (laughs) i I love He's, he's one of my favorite parts of what's going on right now
1: i thought it was a really weird scenario and i think some people a lot of people are probably in this position at their job so the linebackers coach is annihilating the current linebackers is using the sixth round pick as an example and he's like, not digging on you, Rodrigo, but I'm going to put him in there. Like, basically, like, you guys stink, and I'm going to put a six-rounder in there. That's how much you stink. So, on one hand, Rodrigo's being used as a great example of hard work and doing things the right way. But he could also, like, you're new to a workplace, and the other coworkers are like, mother, like, hey, Rodrigo, dial it down, jerk. <laughs> hey, Johnny Tryhard, knock it off. I feel like Adam has been in that position. Sure. Where they're like, Adam's doing all the work, you lazy slobs. How do you feel about that?
3: I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay. I, I just like that Shepard didn't sugarcoat it. Like, he didn't oh, yeah. act like that wasn't a thing. Like, dude, I'm going to start a sixth-round rookie because you guys <laughs> yeah. sucked that bad. I'm not supposed to have to start a sixth-round rookie. But I'm going to. I don't want to, but I'm going to. I just love how he handled that. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't act like that wasn't a thing. It's a thing. Do you believe that any that somebody
2: in the building actually came up to him and said, "I've never seen a linebacker do those things"? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, maybe,
3: maybe a five-year person with the Lions has never seen a Lions linebacker do that. I mean, it's been a pretty bad five years, so maybe. (laughs) I mean, yeah, certainly
2: possible. I mean, I overall though, you def you definitely started to get more of a feel for why the show is. Our obsession more than the first one.
3: Well, I don't know. I'll just tell you this: I'm looking forward to next Tuesday, right? I'm like, okay, I want to see the next episode. Yeah. I also do like how you know they've they they've couched they they've captured the fact that the Lions are chokers, sure, and and it just they just show up choke away even a preseason oh. game and what they that that mountain they got to climb and how do you how do you change that culture, you know? Um, and I don't think Aaron Glenn's speech was enough no. for that. Hopefully there's more to it. Hopefully there's
2: more to it than that. Uh, Is it wrong that I felt like Fraley's kid, who was featured at the very end of the episode, is one of the most annoying people I've ever seen?
3: Totally. I don't (laughs) like that. No, man. I don't understand what's going on there. Like, he's got
2: terrible trash talk. He's not funny. Yeah. Leave leave him at home.
3: Yeah. I don't. I don't see any reason (laughs) that he needs to be there. And and, and when he was trying to talk trash, that it's not like the players were like, "Oh yeah." No, we love this kid, and They're we like, love talking trash. You're like, get up, out kid. of here, dude. I own yet ping pong. Leave. Did you enjoy Jamal Williams' joke? <laughs> I like how he looked at the camera at the end. I like everything about Jamal Williams, man. I'm a fan.
2: It was what What do you call James Bond when he's taking a bath? Bubble 07?
3: Yeah. And then he just looks and at the just camera. Look at the, look at the camera? <laughs> look at the camera was it's the perfect. best part. Yeah. I mean,
2: I felt like that was a – I mean, my dad would love that joke. I feel like Cofield kind of liked that joke, too.
1: I did. I'm going to transition, though. (laughs) we got a lot more hard knocks coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We're live here at Rampart Football Special. Start up in the sportsbook on September 8th. you got $2 draft beers during the games. Bud Light Ultra, Mango Cart, $3 bottles, $15 buckets, $4 Bloody Mary. We'll uh, tell you about all the cool things going on here, including all the contests. Dwayne Colucci is going to join us in the middle of the show. We're live in Summerlin at the rampart. Today was a big day at Raiders practice. A lot of returnees who were hurt and were reported as hurt. And then we're going to get to a lot of legal issues right now. What's going to happen with Alvin Kamara, current player, and what's going to happen with former player Akeeb Tlaib, whose brother was arrested the other day on a alleged murder charge? I mean, and Akeeb could be rolled into this thing.
0: Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, Justin Watkins, to lay down the law. Only on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Rampart Sportsbook here on a Wednesday. First of two shows we will be out here in the middle of September. Justin is here. Adam Hill is the company. All right, Adam. So big day for returnees, uh, guys who really hadn't participated at all. We think with serious injuries from the pup list and one Darren Waller was out at Raiders practice this morning. Yeah, after a uh, firestorm over the weekend, he
2: was out on the field today practicing. Looked like he was moving around pretty well, Uh, so that was good. Uh, But as you mentioned, three players had been on pup since the beginning of training camp, had not practiced yet. All three came off today and practiced. Two of very significant nature, uh, Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins, two guys who could potentially be the starting defensive tackles for this team. Uh, if they work work their way back in, uh, Trayvon Mullen as well uh, is back. And Dylan Stoner was on uh, was on the pup list for most of camp, and he is back on the field today as well. So a day where they just kind of had a few days off. They had the days off, then the game, then two, two more days off, and uh, got a bunch of guys healthy in that time. So we talked about Waller last week. Hammy or Holden? What do we think? He's back? Well, we'll see if a deal is announced in the next couple of days. Maybe it was agreed to in principle or something along those lines. He, like, I think one of the things that was missed in that whole argument, because there was this whole argument going on 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 Twitter and and around the Raiders, is he holding in or is he hurt? You know that there there could be an answer of both, right? Like that could be an answer where he got a tweak to the hamstring, and him and his agents said, yeah, no, we're not pri- like no. We're not going to take the chance of getting a major injury right now when we're potentially on the verge of signing a massive contract. That wouldn't make any sense. So, that is a very. Nobody has told me that from his camp. I'm not reporting. I'm just saying, let's not pretend like it's one or the other and that's the only possibilities. There, there could be some place in the middle that could have been the case here. And maybe they came to, you know, maybe they're closer. Maybe he's completely healthy. But for whatever reason, after all the craziness and speculation of the weekend of him going to the Aces game instead of the Raiders game. Uh, and I would I would say you have to base it on body language and tone, but I would say a very frustrated Josh McDaniels uh, based on him not being there. And Josh McDaniels mischaracterizing either intentionally or not what happened. He said he went there before our game and was back here. That's not the case. He went to the whole game. So whether he just didn't know or whether he just wanted to move on or whatever, it was a mischaracterization of what Darren Waller did. You know what he's talking
1: about, right? So this was the audience doesn't either. So the Aces played at noon. Waller was at the Aces game because we think he's dating one of the players, Kelsey Plum. So he was at the Aces game, so he wasn't there for the pregame with the Raiders, the kickoff for the Raiders right across the street. Was 125, and then we were trying to figure out like when did Waller show up? And you're suggesting what after well, the I ace game? Got a picture from the end of the game, and he was there, so okay. he was still at the Aces game when it ended, which
2: was well into the start of the Raiders game.
1: And again, I, like, I'm not trying to throw gas on any fire that doesn't exist. I, I mean, I thought it was weird. And if yeah. i were football, so if I'm if I'm the football coach, I'm like, okay, this this is strange. Yeah, I I
2: would I would agree. I thought it was an interesting decision. Now again. As McDaniel said, look, he wasn't going to play in the game. He wasn't going to play. We also own the aces. He was going to an organizational event. Like you can, you can make that case. But what Josh McDaniel said after the game was, "I want to make this a bigger deal than it already is." Which to me says it's, it's a, big a big deal.
3: deal. That's right.
2: Like, and that—that's what it that's already right. is. That's that's what I'm. That's my take on it. Like this is not. Again, this is just my interpretation of what I witnessed. But Josh McDaniels saying I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it already is suggests to me that it is a big deal. And again, Josh McDaniels said he went there before our game. Not true. And and I I don't think that he was sitting there clocking the time that Darren Waller walked into Allegiant Stadium. If he did, I didn't see him. I assume he went to a to a, a suite somewhere. But I don't think I'm not saying that Josh McDaniels was clocking it, and just lied or whatever. He didn't know. It's right after the game, and he just said he went there before our game. Well, he went there during your game. That, that's what happened. And it's not the end of the world. It's not the biggest deal in the world because, again, he wasn't going to play. But not a great look when you're sitting courtside and everybody sees you. You could have done it a different way. You could have sat in a suite at the Aces game. I know, you know, I was going to say something dumb there. Whatever. You could go sit in a suite and not and nobody would know that you're there. But you were very obviously sitting in the front row where everybody's going to see and everybody's going to say, hey, don't you have a game? What's going on? So I thought there was an issue there.
3: I agree. I, I think it's an issue. If I were in the organization, a player or a coach, and that's the timing of the event, I'd be frustrated. Like, you know, I if I'm a coach, I expect one of my players to be at every one of my games, whether they're healthy, scratched or not, or uh, or they're rehabbing. As long as they're physically able to be there, you got to be there. You got to support your teammates. It's just, it appears selfish, you know, from a teammate's perspective. That you would you would do that, and not be there to support everybody else in the team. You think all the players are cool with it? I don't. I
1: don't know. I always wonder if players are afraid to call out teammates during contract deals or whatever personal time because they may need. You know, they may be in a similar situation, and then it's like, oh, really? You comments back then with me, but how about you now?
3: Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they would have a problem with the fact that he's got contract negotiations going on, but no. like showing up and showing support for your brothers in arms, you know, that's the thing. I mean, let's go back to hard knocks. Dan Campbell said, one thing will set me off. <laughs> yeah. One thing. And that's when the rest of the players are out there and you're sitting on the sidelines. If you're not paying attention and you're not supporting them, I will flip out.
1: See how amped up he got to where he had to let out like a giant sigh. When I watch that, I'm like, God, I feel that. Yeah. Like I get worked up sometimes so much. And then finally, I get done speaking, and I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> like Dan Campbell was—he was wound up on whatever this is. What freaking August 14th when they taped it? I'm, I, I want to speak. want to say this hypothetically. I'm not
2: speaking about the exact situation. Hypothetically, do you guys understand that you have to keep your girlfriend happy? Hypothetically.
3: Oh, stop! No, I mean in, in that. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying Darren Waller.
1: No, that isn't it. That's an interesting part of the discussion. Yeah.
3: I don't think it's part of the discussion, you know, like it, in reality, if, if you're supporting your significant other in their professional endeavors, my wife and I've come across this a ton of times, right? My wife's okay. a lawyer
1: too, yep. right? That's where, that's where I wanted to go. Keep going. You know,
3: and so there is, there are times, you know, I got to be there to support her in her professional endeavors and she's there to support me in my professional endeavors. But we both recognize that we both have professional responsibilities, that we have to hear to.
1: Does it make it easier because you're both attorneys? These are both athletes.
3: Yep, it definitely does. So shouldn't,
1: I mean, I can't imagine Kelsey Plum's like, "You better be at my game."
2: I wasn't talking about Darren Wall and Kelsey Plum. I'm saying th- hypothetically. Can we stop with this, please? Nobody,
1: nobody's confirmed there, there's anything there. I. so silly. I, I mean, well, does then that probably makes it worse. So he's just there to support Mark Davis and his team. Come on, can we stop playing games with this? I, I mean,
2: I think it's their business when they want to make. Whoever whoever is dating whoever in the world, it's your own business when you want to make it public.
1: Well, you're kind of making it our business when you're not at your football game to watch a women's basketball game. <laughs> well, it was for the kind number of, one Kind seed. of public. Was- oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'm out. You're right. It was, it was I, a big game.
3: I love McDaniels. Well, it was an organizational <laughs> event. Like, oh, oh, God. That's stretching it, man. I, yeah. Well,
2: people have to make decisions in life. And sometimes you have to choose who you're going to make a napping.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I, that that seems to be uh, I, that seem that would seem to be far fetched to me that that's that is the justifiable reasons for ma- making that choice. It's a big uh, game, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm all I'm all on board with the aces in the and the postseason. I'm going to try to take my girls to a game in the postseason here. So you know, I'm glad I'm glad they won. got glad, glad they got the number one
0: seed. Call Battle Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Justin Watkins, to present the facts. Only on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Rampart Race and Sportsbook, we're live here in Summerlin, Cofield and Company. During the football season, it all starts with that Thursday night kickoff in the NFL. You play any parlay card for 50 bucks or more, you get free food. Go to the deli, Clubhouse Deli, awesome. Free chicken fingers, which I didn't check out what the prices were of the chicken fingers at the deli. I'm sure they're very affordable, but we know, as I always say now, chicken fingers are like caviar. So, that's a pretty good deal for a parlay card, but you get free food, you get a choice of chicken fingers, a hamburger, uh, or a hot dog, and fries. That's at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Adam Hill is here, Justin Walker. All right, let's get into this legal stuff. First of all, I know these things take time, although I'm not really sure of the timetable with the NFL. We're getting some reports that say the Alan Kamara alleged role in a fight where a guy was beat down over at the Cromwell, that happened back in, what, February? Uh, and it appears the NFL is not going to move on this at all during this regular season. So Kamara may avoid a penalty and be able to play the entire regular season for the Saints.
3: I think it's a joke. you know. I mean, I think I made my stance pretty consistent from the beginning, which is that the NFL should not be the arbiters of, of what laws have been broken or not been broken and should not be supplant themselves for police investigation however in this instance and, and as i've described my exception would be for violent crimes here we have a felony assault and battery charge that's being levied against Kamara. The, they press charges They're uh, moving forward with the legal process and i think you know the nfl saying we're going to take our hands off the wheel and we'll wait for the the process to play itself out i just i just think that's a joke uh, now they're going to do that yeah. in this case they're going to do that you know, and then you contrast it against Deshaun Watson, who I'm not trying to defend uh, necessarily, but in, in regard to equal application of their their policies, was not charged criminally in any way. Two different grand juries refused to indict him, and there was no evidence that there was any sort of violence associated with the assaults. Um, which sounds, you know, counterintuitive. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. Um, you know, you can you can assault somebody in a nonviolent manner. And that's what the arbitrator determined that Deshaun Watson had done versus here, a felony violent assault in which somebody was significantly harmed. Um, and, and you're just going to wait that out, wait that process out and, and allow that player to play, I think is I, I think it sends the wrong message. I think it's inappropriate and it's certainly not the, the policy I would advocate for.
2: Would it, I mean, I'm sure what their argument would be and what my thought would be would would say if you do, this is kind of the the Ray Rice situation again to me of, are oh, we giving them two games? Oh, a video came out? Oh, no, a year. Like, you, I don't think you want to get in that situation, right? Who knows what's going to come out in court. They could, I guess, go ask for the tape and try to watch it themselves and make a determination. But if you give them six games now and then the court determines that it was horrific in a way that we don't even know yet, or the court determines that he wasn't
3: at fault.
1: Like did they uh, did they get rid of that commissioner's example?
3: So that's, uh, that's exactly where I was Why gonna can't go they with just it? him? Hey we gotta wait. We well, sh- what if he did nothing? You shelved Watson for a year. Well the team did. Okay. Th- that's what that's oh, their, right. That's but their, come on that's now. Argument. No, I agree that, with you. That's garbage. We know we know that's garbage, right? Yeah. So the the reality is is I, I agree with you. You could be wrong, right? The the authorities could be wrong. And, and you could end up in a situation in which you wrongfully punished somebody. So you have to make that line only in the most serious circumstances. And that's why I think that line should be physical violence, right? If the, the charges that are levied against somebody are do not relate to any physical violence or harm to another human being, then cool. We let the process play itself out. But if it's a violent crime and they've been charged... Then we throw you on the exempt list, or we wait. You still get paid. We wait until that process plays itself out, but you're not playing the game. You are not playing the game, and I think that that is a a good balance to find. Um, it's not if they've been accused only if they've been charged. Well, and
2: doesn't it open yourself up to coming back? It's irreparable harm if a guy didn't do anything, and you've put him on this list. they say, say the process takes two years.
3: If the process takes two years and the person's been paid for two years, yes, the only harm is they didn't get to rack up the stats, right? That's really the only harm. They got paid, right? We let the process play itself out. I think that, yeah, can you get that all the way back? No, but what about the irreparable harm to everybody else if you allow him to play, right? What what about if you continue to allow him to wear the team colors and the shield of, of the NFL that they're so desperately trying to protect and he goes out and does it again? Right, So I don't think you can have somebody who's been charged, which means that both the police thought that there was significant evidence and the district attorney believes that they have this the enough evidence to convict, that they pressed charges. You're going to let that person represent you, the team, or the league uh, and potentially put others at risk. I, I just don't think it's the right policy.
2: I feel like you're just trying to damage his value in keeper leagues and ruin me right now, but that's okay. Uh, I'll accept that. Uh, but I'm, the allegation it, it is yeah oh, it's a fantasy football <laughs> angle
1: Justin is taking well
3: now I'm gonna have to Stop. take the Patrick Reed uh exit ramp here and file a defamation lawsuit against you because you have a strong opinion of me Instead of, yeah I feel Ooh. like you're just
2: trying Ooh, all right. right
1: we got yeah we got a Patrick Reed story coming up in just a little bit but very serious story because I'm not sure the Reed one is ex-NFL star Aqib Tlaib's brother turned self in for slaying of youth football coach we don't know a lot of the, the details but key to leave the former player was there. His brother, yep. obviously, was there. He turned himself in. Yeah. This one, this one has a lot of layers.
3: Yeah, and, and I don't think I th- I think we should proceed with caution on on you know who's at fault and what what's going on. I mean, yes, they did issue a warrant for um, for him, and and he turned himself in. But that's not let's remember that's not an admission of guilt. What happened here was apparently in a youth football contest the the there was some call and some allegation that the, the the referee was somehow siding on behalf of one team over the other and it got into an argument it sounds like it got into a physical argument and fight and at one point Tilly's brother shot and killed one of the coaches and so that does not necessarily mean he he committed the the crime of murder Um, If there is an argument of self-defense there, if the physical violence, the the physical fight escalated to the point where a reasonable person would have believed they were in jeopardy of serious bodily harm or death, then you have the right to defend yourself with deadly force. So we have a lot to hear from here about how this got to that point, and most importantly, who initiated uh, and who's responsible ultimately for the initiation of that. So I'll, I'll
2: give you what i have heard about the case in a second but uh in the beginning if you individual one starts a fight and the fight ends with someone else dying because it was escalated to that point what kind of uh legal situation could you be in as the person who started the fight even if you're not the one that shot somebody
3: it's a, well, it's a, it's a good question, and it's going to depend upon the, level, the layers of escalation, right? So if you start the fight and you start beating somebody to a pulp, right, we're already real close to you know, grievous bodily harm or death as is an issue. And so the self-defense layers that come right on top of that, deadly force is right there. Now, let's, let's take a, a, a little bit more of an absurd example let's say you start the fight by taking your finger and poking it in the chest of the other person. And then that person pushes you back, right? And then somebody else gets involved and punches the person who pushed. And then somebody takes out a knife and stabs the person who punched. And then somebody takes out a gun and shoots the person who stabbed, right? Now we've escalated- I don't
2: know why I spot a fly.
3: Right, (laughs) exactly right. We've escalated each level and most people would say, each of those levels of escalation was foreseeable based on the first, the, the preceding act. Wow. When you poked somebody in the chest, it was foreseeable that a push was coming back. When you pushed, it was foreseeable that a punch could come. When you punched, you know, so on and so forth. Each of those acts were foreseeable. You didn't break the causal chain. Then, yes, you could be responsible. Not only you, number individual number one, but individual number three and individual number five be responsible because you are all on the wrong side you cannot defend the original aggressor that's not appropriate right you are counted in the camp of the original aggressor at that point
2: so that i mean that does kind of add up to what is out there and again i don't we don't know the facts of the case that will all come out in due time but what some witnesses were saying was that aqib talib threw a punch then the coach hit him with a yard marker which just what's around, because you're at a football game, that's what's around, and then the brother shot the guy that hit him with the yard marker, Like that would go to akib Tlaib being the initial aggressor throwing a punch, then you can no longer claim self-defense if you're the ori- initial aggressor.
3: Or if you're defending the original aggressor. Right. That's more accurate as right. to what's happening. Sure. Attempting to defend the original aggressor. Now, I don't know this yard marker, I don't know what kind of hit was laid upon uh, akib but but there could be a reasonable argument to say a punch is not deadly force and a yard marker is. I, I don't know I don't know I don't know what kind of edges these yard markers have. I don't I don't know what kind of attack it was. Was it a spearing? You know, like I I don't know. The, the part that goes into the ground. Right, exactly. So depending on how that was used, you could say that the response of the coach to a keep is an unreasonable escalation, and by doing an unreasonable escalation in your defense, you become the original aggressor.
1: Question on the periphery. You have
2: more on the. No, I was just going I mean, can we just charge somebody just because they have a gun at a kid's football game? That's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, oh, there might be a weapons charge. What, what state was this in? Texas, right? Texas. <laughs> no <laughs> weapons <laughs> no charge. Stupid question, yeah. I don't know why you went down that path. Um, Sorry. Periphery
1: question. Uh, Talib. Is doing football analysis for Amazon now. Marshawn Lynch has all these partnerships. Let's just use Skittles. If you're an attorney for Skittles or Amazon and, you know, the TV folks, the programming folks come in and they're like, all right, this is a terrible look, get rid of them. Do you tell the company, like, whoa, you got to wait. Like, can you, it, can you invoke a morals clause before anything's officially happened? Oh, yeah. You can?
3: Yeah, I think, I like think so. Like, the bar for that is yeah, so low. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you've done your job as an attorney to write it in there to say, you know, you could write in even bad press, whether or not accurate, you know, you could write that into a contract. Hey, I, I don't care if you did or didn't do it. The bottom line is, is you got yourself involved in an altercation that looks bad on what we do. We got to get rid of you. It doesn't matter that you did it or didn't. It's the news. It's you, and that looks bad on us. We got to separate ourselves. And if you write that into the contract and don't make condition that the person actually had to do it, and and the contracts won't say that. They won't say that the person actually had to do it because then it requires some level of proof that that that, that nullifies the clause all by altogether. Um, then yeah, I mean, I, as a lawyer, I would say, yeah, you want to do it, do it.
1: I think Lynch might be part of the Amazon mix as well. How about that? If both of those guys are on their Thursday night team or contributors, both Tlaib and Lynch, and Amazon's like, wait, what? Like, who told us to hire these guys? We don't have the toxicology back, right, on Marshawn? I haven't seen it. That might be the tipping point, you would think, right?
3: Yeah, I mean...
1: Where it's official that yeah, he may have blown something crazy.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you know, I mean, could it, could it be extreme tiredness and not something that shows up on a toxicology report? Okay. Might as well wait for it. It won't take long to get it, so you might as well wait for it.
1: Justin Watkins sticks with us. We're here at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. On the way back, we had an NFL player, no-show, a camp that he was tied into. I don't know about the monetary details, but he's being sued for no-showing the camp.
0: Call Battle Injury Lawyers 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Justin Watkins, Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Company. All
1: right, I'm Deontay Johnson of the wide receiver. I have flight issues. I'm supposed to be at a a kid's camp. I try to get there. I no-show when I'm supposed to be there, and now I'm being sued.
3: Well, I don't, I don't think that it would agree that those are the facts of the situation, but let's say that that, that is true. and give me, the, give me the facts. What happened? And, and, and you received compensation, then yeah. yeah, and you're not willing to give it back, then you you should be sued. Okay. Um, but what they are saying is, Williams' team is saying is, uh, under our deal with you in this camp, you were supposed to arrange for travel. You didn't. You left us hanging. You were non-responsive. So we tried to do it ourselves at the last minute, waiting for you. Ah. And we got on a last-minute flight that got canceled, and we couldn't make it. But this was all your fault. You should have done it. And now you have egg on your face, and you're trying to save face for the future, so you're suing us falsely alleging that we have done something wrong
1: you sue right back right did they just open themselves up to get smashed
3: no i don't think so um there there is protections when you file a lawsuit you can't be sued for defamation or libel for allegations that are contained within a complaint you could be sued for what's called abusive process but you've got to show that the facts aren't in dispute that everybody agrees as to the facts and you're just doing it as you know leverage fraud
1: we love discussing this doesn't happen often but Threats of lawsuits or lawsuits that are pointed at media people or a media company. So, sure. what is Patrick Reed doing? Uh, he said the Golf Channel is mean to him, and it has made fans
2: mean to him because the fans are influenced by the Golf Channel. Uh, I want to talk about
1: that. But by, is, by the way, he left for Live.
2: Yes. Okay. My first question before we even start this, there was a, it was very poorly written suit, so a lot of typos, misspellings, <laughs> very weird. Does that have any impact on a case at all?
3: depends on who your judge is if i'm the judge yes right (laughs) i care about that stuff but but some you know what i'm gonna say it's it's our legal pleadings have become more like emails than they used to be you know Mm -hmm. it's like certain levels of grammatical errors are more accepted today than they were when i started practicing which is 18 years ago now it's crazy to think that old man yeah exactly um so it would still matter to me you gotta you you've got to be professional in your pleadings but but more importantly um, you know, I read through that whole complaint, and there, there is one interesting aspect about constructive eviction from the PGA, basically. I'll talk about that in a second. But basically, when you file a suit against someone for defamation, you have to be specific. This statement was false, and here's why. This statement was false. and I mean, you literally got to quote it. You can't just say, oh, man, you've been, def- you've been so mean and defamatory that you know what you did. And it's a joke, right? And I'm suing you for it, you can't do that. So they did, they quote on, I think about five different instances. And to me, each of the five is clearly a statement of opinion, or even worse than that, it's a statement of opinion about somebody else, a different organization or a group generally, but not him specifically. So like one of the statements that really jumped out at me is like, um, you know, if if you, one of the Golf Channel uh, commentators was basically saying uh, on on Twitter, like, "Hey, if you want to go support murderers, you know, then then go uh, and support people who, yeah, if you want to go support murderers, then you 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 go subscribe to the and watch live events, right? Talking about Saudi-based money and and who's all behind that, and what did they say in the lawsuit? They're calling Patrick Reed a murderer. It's like, <laughs> they're not they're not talking about Patrick Reed at all that statement has nothing to do with Patrick Reed it has everything to do with the Saudi money behind live golf which you know I think reasonable minds could differ on that you know there's that Saudi money through a lot of different enterprises through the United States but most of the comments were about live golf now what's interesting about the lawsuit is the statement that I had to leave the PGA to go to live because you made my life miserable in the PGA by falsely accusing me of being a cheater. You did it so consistently over so long of a period of time that the fans adopted your perverse view of me and I went through, I had it worse than anybody on the tour. And so when there was a viable option, I had to take it to get away from this. Now, the problem with that is is that they spend the first 12 paragraphs of the of the complaint talking about how awesome of a golfer he is and how great of a career he's had. So it's like, wait a minute. If you couldn't make it happen, how were you so successful at winning all these events and winning the major and doing all these things? It was so bad ever since you were 23 years old is basically the allegation. Um, and do you think that the, the clientele, the fans in Live, are different than the fans in PGA, right? They're golf fans. They still think... You know, you're a cheater or not. They still have an opinion on you.
2: And in the end, I mean, I think I've heard you talk about this enough to also say, well, what was the damage of leaving? You actually made a lot more money from leaving than you did from if you would have stayed around. So how exactly were you damaged?
3: My take on the lawsuit is he wants back in on the PGA. That's that's (laughs) my whole take on is I never really wanted to leave in the first place. Your mean guy made me leave, so you know what? We could all let bygones be bygones. You let me back into this, and, and we're okay. That that was my take. I have no knowledge, obviously, uh, of, about any inner workings there. It's just how it read to me. It read it read for leverage.
1: If you need legal advice, call Justin and Matt. Battleborn and Injury Lures. Justin, nice enough to spend an hour down here at uh, Rampart with us. i got a minute left. Saw that the NBA is not playing games on Election Day. When do we get to a point, former public servant, that we all get the day off on Election Day? We all get it. Federal holiday. Come on.
3: Well, federal holiday, I don't know, because getting anything done federally. State holiday. Very, yeah, but I think state. I think state's very likely. I think state's very likely. Um, the, the problem, the only issue, and, and I think it was brought up in the session that I always did, that the only problem is we're 24-7, 365 town, and giving everybody that day off and shutting the whole town down is very, very, very costly for our economy and so it doesn't have a lot of support I think maybe something along the lines of any time between early voting and election day on any of the days in which you're eligible to vote you could pick one something along those lines as a day off to go vote but you're already allowed to go vote they already have to give you time off the necessary time to go vote um and so we're ahead of the curve here
1: can we just trade
3: out Nevada day what no dude Nevada day is the best Nevada Day is the best. That's when the you get best. to take your kids down to Disneyland <laughs> or Knott's Berry Farm or Six Flags sure. and all the California I, kids are in school.
1: I thought voting was more important, but okay. We'll protect Nevada Day.
2: Protect yes. Nevada.
1: Protect Nevada Day.
2: Perfect. Back-to-back off weeks. we good.
1: Happy Hour starts up here at Rampart at both uh, Hawthorne and Jade. Four to six. Select food and drink starting at five bucks. Again, here is rampart we're in the sports book but check out one of those restaurants for their bar and patio only happy hour that goes from four to six five bucks on select food and drinks we'll come back hour two is on the way we'll check in with our football insider caleb herring on this wednesday